0: Max in Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from
1: the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. <laughs> Number 40
0: in the 50 most relevant is one of the most talked about players from the most recent trade period. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. And on this episode, we're talking about Adam Treloar, a fantasy stud for a number of years. But in his third club, what is he going to deliver for us? To talk about Adam Treloar, I've got Rids back. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, buddy. How are you going? I'm good. This is an absolute fascinating player to look at. And we could spend a, a good half hour talking about him alone, let alone the the cascading impacts for his new and old clubs. But he's still only just the 27 years old, this new Bulldog. And he's got a number of prime fantasy footy years left to go for us. Last year, was an injury-impacted season, which we'll get to, but still delivered some really strong scores for us. Last year, his best score came against the Cats in all formats of the game. It was 158 in Supercoach, while it was a 119 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Don't, no, no, don't think. That's not adjusted. That's legit what he did in those 16-minute quarters. In terms of career high, you've got to go back just last year in Supercoach. It was a 177 against the Gold Coast Suns. Well, you'd have to go back a fair while for his best ever AFL fantasy and dream team score. It was back in 2014 where he delivered a 159. Last year in Supercoach, his average was a 109, while in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, an 87.8. In that format of AFL Fantasy, they've priced people with an adjusted average, which is what they delivered, times 1.25. That's a 109.75, right around the mark of what he's done for the past few years at Collingwood. From a price point, he's going to set you back just over 687000 in in Coach, and then really similar price in Dream Team and Fantasy, eight hundred and twelve k in Fantasy and just a touch over $810,000 in Dream Team. And Rids, he was the most talked about name. He probably wasn't the biggest fish to move clubs. You could argue that that maybe is Jeremy Cameron. But last year, I reckon through the month of October, everybody got sick of Adam Trelaw's name because every third minute was getting brought up that he was getting traded, he was moving on, he was staying, he was moving on. And eventually, right at the deadline, Adam Trelaw now finds himself at the Western
1: Bulldogs. And because of that, I'm going to throw it out there straight away. I do not think we can start him. Cool.
0: All right. Let, let's see. And if I we know
1: can... that. Okay, so you're going to rattle off all these stats, and you've already started. Yes. And you're going to rattle off all these numbers, and yes. I'm going to rattle off some numbers on top of that, and we're going to rattle off all these numbers. And this guy's as fantasy relevant across the formats as anyone. Yes. Okay. But I am throwing it out there that he appears at number forty because of that trade you just mentioned.
0: All right. Well, I'm keen to dive into that because not just uh, last year or the year before, but really since 2014, this guy has just delivered ton after ton after ton for us. These are his seasonal averages since 2014, which is, by the way, his third year in the league when he is playing at GWS for Dream Team and Fantasy 103 103 111 108 108 113 and then this year just gone 87 which again if you want to play the adjusted game fine that's up at a 109 while in super coach 106 105 111 101 109 113 109 the dude just pumps out tons last year just the eight games had some injury concerns I'm sure that will come up later on in the episode 2 rids but these are some of just his per game rankings on average across the entirety of the AFL. He ranked first in the league for disposals per game, second for contested possessions per game, second for stoppages, second for ha- fourth for handballs, seventh for clearances a game, 13th for effective disposals and 15th for inside 50s. The dude just gets the ball, he uses it generally better than most people think. He wins it on the outside, he wins it on the inside. And he just, even though he will miss the odd game here or there, maybe it's more than here or there, he just will give you a ton week in, week out, almost regardless of what is going on in the games. Like the scoring differential is not that much different, whether they win or whether they lose, whether certain players are playing or whether certain players are not playing. He's just,
1: I think he's a 110 guy across the formats. So MJ, let's, let's... I'm just going to do a quick snapshot of this, okay? I want people to actually understand how good this guy is. Rightio. So, who won the Brown Lowe last year?
0: Oh, that would be Lockie, Lockie Neal.
1: Neal. So, you'd think that Lockie Neal was almost the number one player across 2020, okay? Now, we're talking everything. So, Lockie Neal averaged 26.9 disposals a game, okay? But played ninety two point three percent of game time, okay. Ninety two point three percent of those sixteen minutes. I'm just going to throw something at you, okay, with Trelaw. Trelaw averaged identical twenty six point nine disposals a game as Lockie Neal, yet his time on ground percentage was seventy five point seven. That's only three quarters of those 16 minutes a game. So, what's that 12 minutes a game? Quarter. Yeah,
0: give or take. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, we're talking about a guy, because of his injuries and everything else throughout the year, because a quick turnaround. Mm. He came back late in the season to get ready for finals and so on. But he was definitely managed to a point to get into being as fit as he possibly could for that finals tilt. Yeah, There's no ifs or buts about it, yeah? So if you're looking for someone straight away with value, and I know a lot of people go looking for value and everything else, and sometimes what they do is they look at discounts or so on or different blah, blah, blah. This guy has value written all over him. He would have averaged... The most disposals at the moment is tied for first in the AFL in 2020 if he did not get injured. There is no ifs or buts about this. And I know that's a big if he didn't get injured. I know that's a crazy way to say it. But that's how good this guy is, okay?
0: he's he's so good. If you want to go back to his 2019 season to kind of reinforce that, but also from a fantasy perspective, he played every game in the home and away season back in 2019. He averaged 113 that year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. That ranked him third overall for points, ranked second for all midfielders and fourth by averages. If you break those numbers down further, 18 tons from those 22 games, 10 of them were over 120 and he only dropped below 90 twice in super coach really similar season ranked fifth for total points of all midfielders ninth by averages and had a seasonal average of 113 again this is what he did in a full season of 2019 that year 17 tons across the year seven over 120 and just the one score where he went below 83 and it was just an incredible season um because he just did not stop pumping out tons But what you said right at the top of this episode has me intrigued because you could probably build two cases for not picking Adam Trelaw, because when he's on the field, he scores, which is the bigger concern for you, Rids? Is it the injuries that seem to be a bit more cumulative over the past three years or is it the new club?
1: I think it's actually a double-edged sword with this case. So my understanding of this now I'll explain it a bit better in a second. But my thought process is if it's one or the other, okay, if I turn around and say it's a new club, let him settle into the game, there's a million midfielders playing for the Western Bulldogs, guess what? If you're not going to start with him because of those reasons, then you are actually playing it safe in regards to the hamstring issues. So you want him to get into the season to get the muscles going to the Mm -hmm. point where he can get through a preseason, he starts the year, you actually grab him on the bubble or when the price drops and then let him get it going. So it sort of works double-edged sword if you want, but... Now I also understand the thought process though, and I've made it many times before that these guys with injuries, you're better off grabbing them as from round one because you want them on the field as much as you possibly can for those seasons, Rodeo. Yeah. I, I get that. But just with Trelaw, I think it's a double edged sword where he's going to a club and let me just rattle off these names, okay? This is just their midfield from what I came up with in a second ago. So we got Hunter, we got McRae, we got Bontempoly, we got Dunkley, we got Bailey Smith, we got Libertore, we got Trelaw. On top of that, we've also got two rucks now at the Bulldogs with Stefan Martin and Tim English. Now, we're not even mentioning guys that can roll through there like the Lipinskis and so on and so forth. Sure, We're just going as the bare nuts and bolts, you know, the top liners. We, we all know that Mitch Wallace can run through there. We all know that other people like a could can go through hmm. a wing or, you know, there's a whole heap of dynamic here that we haven't actually got through. Caleb Daniel could easily go through a wing. There's a lot of midfielders there. So that's the first thing. We'll talk a bit deeper in which midfielders are more mid only and who can play different roles and so on and so forth shortly, I'm Sure. sure. But the second thing on this is it's actually going to take a bit of time to find your feet. Now, having said that, there's also the argument that when he went to Collingwood that you would assume that there'd be the same instance where you'd find your feet in a new team. He just actually hit the ground running from day dot. So there is another thing on top of that as well. And I'm sort of going backwards and forwards a little bit here. But the other challenge I got is – he got traded from a club that he absolutely loved. I don't know whether you want to say salary cut pressure, whether you want to, what, whatever it is, it was, it was. If that's not a rocket to yeah. go and actually hit the ground running, I bet you day one of pre-season training for the year one to four, he's probably been there for a a week before they have even rocked up. Yeah, you know, absolutely. he'd be that keen to get on the ground and actually train and play football. Now he's had talks about his um, partner playing netball in Queensland. He's had talks about Collingwood salaries, bucks, phone calls, whatever else. This guy just wants to get out and play. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a little bit torn, but I still think you can't start with him because there's too many questions. And so then because of that, so
0: if you can't start him based off, if that's your assumption or that's the the premise of where you're coming from, can you then just not pick him at all, given the fact that now we had multiple injuries last year? Sure, 2019 was injury-free, but back in 2018, again, some really serious hamstring injuries. Does it get to that point now where we go, well, we can't start him if you've got these concerns about the midfield role in terms of how it all works? Does that then mean we just can't pick him at all? Because no with every way. game he plays, the no variance way opportunity comes. See
1: that? I'm like Dr. Seuss. No way, MJ. Yeah, I, like I that. think that means if he plays four games of football and gets anywhere near the numbers that he's got previously, he's an absolute jump on, all aboard, load up, knock yourself out silly. Let's not forget what we said earlier. This guy is as fantasy relevant as any player Agree. in the game. This guy can be a captain option. He's he goes he's he does more hundreds than I go to, to the toilet. Like this guy just nonstop is a hundred scoring machine. Yeah, huge. And this guy is people. You know how many people are going to be hesitant to jump on this guy? Oh, I haven't after seen him picked in any four teams. rounds. Because they're going to say, "Oh no, the same, the same doubts I had from round one are going to be the same doubts I had. No way, Jose! You only need three or four sites of this guy, and then you jump on.
0: Yeah,
1: that's plain and simple. You just go all aboard.
0: Yeah, and if, look, if he's got a nice buy round for us
1: Two oh, There as well. He ever.
0: Yeah, oh. round thirteen, you could argue Neil Merritt, Yo Crips, obviously his new bulldog teammates. Um, That's probably one of the more midfield-friendly buy rounds where we can load up a little bit more, given that round 12, there's some nice options to trade into
1: our teams. Now, the other thing is, if you want to win formats and if you want to win league games, you cannot be overly conservative. You have to have a crack. You need to get the most... The whole way you do this, MJ, and I know you're you're not mad, you know this... You score as many points as you possibly can. It's pretty so odd, that man. means you grab the guys who are scoring machines. Adam Trelaw is a scoring machine. We're talking about a guy who averaged the same as Matthew Crouch in 2020. And I don't know about you, but I, I keep thinking back and going, oh, Matt Crouch was an absolute monster season. Mm. You know, I think Andrew Gaff he's a scoring machine. Trelaw averaged the same, if not yeah. better than him across the formats. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Pretrarka, who had one of the greatest breakout seasons. Trelaw still averaged one point more a game than him in Dream Team and OFL Fantasy. Yeah. This guy is our beast. He had nothing go right for him in 2020. No. And he's still top 10 scoring for averages.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: I I I can't say this enough. Like, if this guy shows anything in the first three to four weeks that resembles anything of his past, you just jump on, you don't muck around, just do it.
0: Yeah, I really like it.
1: Yeah,
0: I I agree. I think I can see a world where he's in my side nice and early in the 2021 season, that is for sure. Where he goes in drafts, I think people are going to get some value out of him because in Dream Team and Fantasy over the past number of years. He's arguably been a mid to late first round, definitely early second round pick, maybe 10 to 15 picks later in Supercoach. Um, so he's generally been somebody's M1. But I, I don't see anybody jumping on him as an M1 just for fear of what might happen with these bulldog mids. So I think someone could get him in round four, five, six, maybe even as late as round seven, if people are really conservative and scared off. And you've got a potential M1 at a real bargain basement price. I I really like Adam Trelaw. Where would you be
1: picking him in a draft, man? I would actually pick him round one. Okay, so I'm going to make a call right now. Now, it's not like me to make calls. I know Adam Trelaw will average higher for Dream Team and AFL Fantasy than what Lockie Neal does for this year. So if you're picking Lockie Neal, I would be picking Adam Trelaw ahead of Lockie Neal in a draft.
0: Does the durability play into that factor for you at all? Or is that just purely no. about scoring on field?
1: No, because if you think about it, okay, Lockie Neal's going to get a little bit more attention yeah, this year. He's already got bits and pieces of attention last year. Adam Trelaw. As much as I love this guy, he is absolutely fantasy relevant because he turns the ball over continually. He's only runs at 60% efficiency. He's never getting tagged. Think about the team he went to. You got Bolton Pelly. Mm. As if anyone's going to be tagging Adam Trelaw over Bolton Pelly or McCrae. I agree. Now, let's just go back to a thing that we mentioned earlier as well. You also got to look at all those names I rattled off before. Hunter, let me just throw this to you. Hunter, he'll play wing or half back. He can play half forward. Bontempelli, he'll go forward, won't he? No, I think he's got a split role, yeah. Can play forward. He can play ruck. He's done a whole bits and pieces. Bailey Smith, we've seen him playing forward. Libertore, we've seen him go through those stages where he runs with people, he sits here, he sits there, he's gone to half forward at times. Trelaw and McRae are arguably the only guys that don't have another position but the midfield role that they've got.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't think I've seen Trelaw play any other position.
0: No, I think maybe in his junior days and that was it.
1: You can argue McRae would sit on the wing a little bit and then go into the mid. Like, I mean, but are not we saying, like, really, like, he's midfield or midfield then, isn't he? He's either on the wing or he's in. Um, yeah, he's like either he's in or out. But mid. he's
0: he's in he's in the midfield group. Yeah. Mid.
1: Trelaw is going to be absolutely identical. I would have thought. Mm. So when you look at that list, you think Bolton Terpelli can go forward. You think Dunkley can go forward. You think Bailey Smith can go forward. You can see these guys rotating heavily around the place. Hunter potentially can go out to a wing or a half back or a half forward because that's how he rolls. Hmm. I could see like um, a Whitfield role for Hunter this year. Yeah. Like he starts forward, pushes back, runs everywhere. That's what Hunter can do. I can and absolutely like see that. But I can guarantee you now McCray and Trelaw are mids. They're not playing any other position.
0: I agree. I think a lot of people, uh, if you get on Trelaw at some point this year, and again, he he has a point to prove. The dude, when he's on the park, is a fantasy scorer across all the formats. Certainly. certainly. AFL fantasy and dream team, a bit more of the bread and butter, but still super coach. He's a 110 guy in that format, and that is nothing to be sneezed at if you get him at the right time in the year. He will set you alight and help really give you that nice point of difference because people are going to get scared off because Bevo does Bevo things and changes the squad up. I don't think that's going to impact Trelaw at all. That's
1: There's no way think. it's going to impact Trelaw. I, nope. well, I can't see it. It'd be madness if it did. Yeah?
0: I can't see it either. Adam Trelaw at number forty in the fifty most relevant. Who would have thought of it? The reasons, well, we've just shared them, Rids. Appreciate your thoughts today on uh, one of our favorite fantasy footballers.
1: And I'll just say one thing to everyone out there, okay? This is the most relevant for season 2021, not the most relevant starting squad person. This guy should be on your radar after a month of football into the 2021 season. I agree.
0: Yeah. There's going to be guys on the 50 most relevant that don't fit your squad right now, that don't fit your structure, that, that don't fit the way you like to build your starting squad. But these are the guys we think and that I think are among the most relevant players and a fit and firing Adam Trelaw, Man, I think you're a little bit crazy if you're not at least considering him as an upgrade target, if nothing else. Rids, as always, a pleasure. If you want to go check out the article on Adam Trelaw, it is online now at coachespanel.tv. The links to join our Patreon Army supporter group, that is there where they, right now, our breakout and premium tier supporters are getting 24-hour early access to the 50 most relevant. They already know who's at number 39. You've got no clue, but they know who it is. You can find all the links for that at coachespanel.tv. We do hit the 30s tomorrow of the 50 most relevant, and who's it going to be? Ten, twenty-four 24.